Thanks for listening to the Doug Gottlieb Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday, 3 to 6 Eastern, 12 to 3 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Doug Gottlieb Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Now let's get this party started. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Boom! What up, America? I'm Dan Byer sitting in for Doug Gottlieb, who's got some technical difficulties as he's getting set to call some college hoops tonight. Doug will be here. Don't worry. Doug will also have an opportunity to sit down with NASCAR driver and former Cup Series champion Kyle Busch. That comes up in about 25 minutes or so. Welcome in. It is February 16th. The NFL offseason has begun. I guess you could say the Rams parade kind of puts the period on the end of the 2021 season. We'll be diving into that and so much more. Rick Buecher will be joining us next hour, breaking down the trade that went down between the Sixers and Nets, and really not about the trade, but maybe about what the guys said yesterday, both Ben Simmons and James Harden having their press conferences with their new teams, and the Cold War that that occurred between Kevin Durant and and James Harden during their time in Brooklyn. I don't do this alone. John Ramos is here. Jason Stewart, the executive producer of the show, as we are hanging out today. Again, Doug will be around at some point. But I do want to start with what's going on in Los Angeles because I am not a native of Southern California. I come from the upper Midwest, and the two guys sitting across the glass from me and Doug himself uh, grew up in Southern California. They are uh, John Ramos, a lifelong resident of this area and the same thing with Jason Stewart. So you guys understand what championships are like. The Lakers, obviously, uh, one of the most uh, storied franchises, not just in the NBA, but in all of sports. Dodgers, uh, obviously, as well. That was always the surprising thing, and it's the one thing that I always say, guys, when it comes to teams in in Los Angeles, was what was odd to me was not that, because there was no football team here, not that the city didn't love an NFL team, was just how much the Lakers and Dodgers were loved by fans in this city. So now we see what is happening with the Rams victory day parade today of their Super Bowl 56 win. And Jason Stewart, I guess I I, I want to get your thoughts first. Are you surprised at all at the turnout that we have seen for the parade that is celebrating the Rams win over the Bengals? You know, Dan, it's so hard to uh, to gauge and measure. Now, they've kept the, uh, the helicopter shots uh, to a very limited number on the coverage of the actual parade. Um, so it, it was kind of difficult to gauge exactly where it was packed and where it wasn't. You know, if you go on, if you, if you, if you hashtag Rams Parade on Twitter, you're going to see a lot of videos that are kind of negatively portrayed where there's sparse, you know, people and whatnot. I'll tell you this, if you're watching it live right now, the actual celebration part where the, the pep rally or whatever you call this at the Coliseum looks great. It looks great on TV. There's a lot of people there. And I, I knew that the parade was going to be kind of hit or miss, you know. So I think, you know, in the next couple hours, we're going to see more video and more proof of what it was. I do know this. I personally, since I don't have any loyalty to the Rams, I really want to see what happened with the parade and how much interest it is because it's really our first barometer 
of of this Rams team in Los Angeles, right? Our actual visual barometer, because all season we've kind of had this, hey, everyone's going out to the stadium. It's a new stadium. Are they there for the stadium? Are they there for the Rams? Are they there for the other team? This was kind of like your first measurable thing. Um, so that's the long answer to your question, Dan. I don't know exactly, but it looks great now at the pep rally. John Ramos is a lifelong Rams fan. This is your hometown. This is your team. Are you impressed on the outcome or the the turnout, I guess you could say, for the Rams parade and celebration that they are now holding their rally outside of the L.A. Coliseum? It's interesting. I'll start with this. Yesterday, Jason, or a couple days ago, Jason asked me about the parades and going to parades. And I'll tell you, I've been here. I, was a Lakers, I am a Lakers fan, a Dodgers fan. I've sat through many a parades of these franchises, uh, the Lakers in the 80s when, I mean, the, the streets were literally packed. I mean, you couldn't even move. I'm a fan. I don't go to parades. So I can't tell you if there's a lot of people that just don't want to sit through parades. I, I've never been to one Los Angeles sporty, sports championship parade in my entire life. And I'm a lifelong fan of every team. So is this the total gauge of every L.A. Rams fan in Los Angeles? I don't believe that is true. Is it a good outlook uh, or a good group of people? Sure. Is it the Dodgers and Lakers parades? Not not close mm-hmm. to that. And I'll be honest with you, but that's okay because with winning comes youth fans. It comes, you know. I like sure. this. What I like to see in the parade here are kids. This is that's this, what I like. To this see. is going to try to lay the foundation for what this organization tries to build for forty years, for the next forty years, to try to to try to grab the hearts of L.A. And it was never going to be a three year thing. It was never going to be a five year thing. It is a long term play. What I also think is, and I'll and I'll get to my thoughts on on how this and what this parade actually means is, we are living in a city that I think is unlike any other city for a lot of reasons around this country. Even if you had a parade in Cincinnati with the Bengals, you would be able to have it in a downtown area. L.A. is so spread out. In downtown, let's be honest, is just kind of weird. So when you have a parade, it's not necessarily the parade. And and there will be the picture of the Cavaliers parade when they won in 2016 was such a sight with how those fans filled those streets. But what was the the biggest thing for me wasn't when the Lakers won a title and fans were hanging out of skyscrapers and lining the streets and filling parking ramps with fans. It was when they filled the L.A. Coliseum to celebrate an NBA championship after the long, long, long drought that the Lakers had of seven years without an NBA title. So think about that. So think about where the Rams are and what the Lakers are going to be. And everything that you see on social media, everything that you read on social media is likely going to be negative. But this for the Rams takes time. And what is so difficult is even the large amount of people that you will see here does not compare to what happens with the Lakers when fans are are willing to show up in the tens of thousands to maybe the hundreds of thousands to celebrate an NBA title after a long and tenuous seven-year drought. I'm joking, but it does just tell you the type of capital that the Lakers had built in the city. Now, when we get to the parade aspect of this, this is who I really, really think that it affects. And in a way, they probably don't care. But I wish the players did have more. 
I don't think it's about the fans. I don't think it's about the fans lining the streets. I think it's the opportunity for the players to take that ride and to drive through and to be on top of the double-decker bus. When we look back at parades that we've looked at the past in Tampa, we've seen Tom Brady throwing the Lombardi trophy from bus to bus. We've seen him get tipsy and need to be uh, helped off wherever they were walking to next for the rally. Those are the images that we have. But the reason that Tom Brady is having such a good time and Jason Kelsey is having such a good time and having the speech that he did with Philadelphia because this is about the players. So when I see the comments about the Rams fans, say what you will, it is a long-term play. There is no fan out there for the Rams in John Ramos's case that is going to have tangible evidence in the next 10 years to be able to say, see, I told you so, this is a Rams town. This is such a long, long play. But when I see the fans out here or the lack thereof, if you want to say on social media, I actually feel for the players because this day, for as much as you want to say, it's about the city and it's about celebrating. It is about the 53 guys. It is about the coaches. It is about the front office. It is about everybody who did the behind the scenes stuff that gets to take a part in this parade. Now you'll have politicians who will go on and try to make it all not about themselves, but try to be a part of it. Yeah, we're the Rams. This, this is a Rams town and all that, but it is about the players. And if Sean McVay is toasting players and Aaron Donald is there with the, the shirt wearing shirtless by the way if I was if I did have Aaron Donald's body I would never wear a shirt (laughs) I would not be allowed in grocery stores or gas stations but I would never wear a shirt either but this is all about the players and it's maybe not the hottest take of all but when we talk about parades I think what you will hear today and what you will see on social media is see Rams have no fans and I just don't think that that's the message this is about less need being able to 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 Peacock on the on the moves that he made to allow this parade to happen. That is who this is all about. That is what today is all about. And honestly, whether it's the Rams with 20,000 people turning out or it's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers with 50,000 or the New England Patriots with 100,000 people lining the streets of Boston, this is also about the players. And I think that's something that we uh, – cannot forget. It is the Doug Gottlieb Show here on Fox Sports Radio. I'm Dan Byer sitting in for Doug. Doug will be here. We've got some technical issues. We are going to connect as Doug is calling some college hoops, so he is on remote today. You heard John Ramos. You heard Jason Stewart. Those guys will be hanging around as well. And also, coming up, we hope, I think we've got Doug in about 10 minutes or so as we work through the connections, so you will hear Doug's sit down and have an opportunity to talk with NASCAR driver Kyle Busch. Again, that comes up in about 10 or 15 minutes or so. However, coming up next, we continue to talk about the National Football League and one quarterback that will be in the spotlight, not only next season, but really this entire offseason. We'll tell you who that is next here on the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. There is absolutely no truth to the rumor that I got caught in Rams Super Bowl parade traffic. (laughs) I can't tell whether it's a good thing or a bad thing that the Rams Super Bowl parade is so sparsely attended, right? Like, on the good part to it, it's like, yeah, I, I, it, there's the arrogance of, hey, we don't even care that much, and we still win championships. On the other hand, it's like, 
you spend a lot of money, built a $5 billion stadium, spent a billion dollars during this season to make St. Louis go away. And yay, we won the championship. And I I think people care a lot more about legacy for Matt Stafford and maybe Sean McVay than they do for the actual, actual team, but whatever. I'm not a Rams fan, I've, but I've, I've I told people like, this is what happens. The, the Rams were an Orange County team the last 15 years of their existence. And uh, there are some tried and true, like John Ramos, Rams fans. My boy, Miles Simon's a huge Rams fan. Hey, but for the most part, L.A. became, it's always been a Raiders town and a Cowboys town. And then a bit of Niners now with some influence and USC. And the Rams and then the Chargers are a massive afterthought, but not just because they had been around, but the Chargers were a rival of the Raiders, frankly. So there's some explanation for it. I mean, it's one of those deals where I, I almost feel, I had a buddy say, you know, LeBron's idea of the three-team parade might have been a good one. It's like, what, so people don't show up for any of the parades? Be- because that one feels like it didn't happen. It really does. Maybe it's because they're so bad right now, but it feels like that one didn't happen. Uh, speaking of the NBA, have you seen this from Jake Fishner of uh, Bleacher Report? The the divorce, um, the the divorce is final between the Nets, Kevin Durant, and James Harden. Right? But the quotes that come out about it, the details, the devil is always in the details, from his report and Bleacher Report. Quote, Kevin and James had a cold war going on the last several months that made everyone miserable. One person with knowledge of the situation said, Durant was disappointing in the poor conditioning Harden sported during early Nets practices. As winter arrived, Nets personnel started telling rival team uh, contacts of the troubling dynamic between Durant and Harden, venting during social gather- gatherings and pregame activities. Harden's poor conditioning... Uh, didn't help his slow adjustment to the NBA's new foul changes. Durant and Nash both wanted a free-flowing offense, which Mike D'Antoni helped install last season, but Harden preferred his patented iso ball. Brooklyn's coaches noticed Harden would roll his eyes when after a timeout was designed for Kevin Durant, sources said. Look, I've said this a million times, and I'll say it a million more. James Harden is a marvelously talented player. He can score. He can score at three levels. That's three mid, mid-range, although he doesn't shoot a ton of mid-range. And at the rim, he knows how to get fouled. He's a tremendous passer. I don't like watching him play basketball, and he would be frustrating as hell to play with him. He, he doesn't pay defense, and he doesn't show up in great shape, and his style of play requires requires the officials calling fouls, which they don't do for him once they get into the playoffs and they've stopped doing in the regular season. I'm sorry. I'm going to side with the guy who is widely considered the best player in the game is a two-time NBA champion, a two-time finals MVP. And he wasn't perfect with the Warriors. He wasn't, he was a, the, he was the most ball stopper of the ball stoppers. All right. But <laughs> He's accomplished more than James Harden. And no one has ever, ever accused Kevin Durant of not being the hardest worker on a team. The, the work ethic thing bothered, bothered Russell Westbrook in Houston, and it clearly bothers Kevin Durant. And what's fascinating about it is 
That's two straight teammates, Westbrook and Durant, who the second time around didn't enjoy being team didn't enjoy being teammates with them. If if any of these things were a bit off or a bit bizarre or out of left field or that, then I would think about Durant. I've heard people, you know, say, "Well, Durant's a hard one to coach." Of course, he's hard to coach. He's hard to coach. But he's about the right things, and I think he's uh, – look, Durant's got to be sitting there going, man, I left Golden State for this. How, how about – did you see what happened to Philly last night? Oh, Did you guys watch that game at all last night? Philadelphia got beat by – it felt like 100. It was one of those – so my eyes have gotten a little bit bad. So I was actually, true story, at a Buffalo Wild Wings last night. I was watching all these games, me and my son, Hayes, and uh, my buddy, Nick. And we're all watching hoop games. We're watching that uh, Villanova beat Providence at Providence. Uh, Texas needed overtime to beat Oklahoma. And then we're watching this Philadelphia game, and I was like, hey, my eyes are bad. Is that 138 to 85? Like, yeah, that's the score. Oh, yeah, I'm I'm just I'm not a hardened guy. There's nothing that's going to convince me to be a hardened guy because nothing that I've heard is is anything different than what I see. He's never in good shape. He's constantly complaining about getting fouls. He doesn't play good defense. It's hard to play with. And though really talented, I'm not diminishing in any way from how good he is. I can't watch the way how much he dribbles the ball. Not fun. Not fun at all. Um, okay, so I got to give a quick shout out to the uh, highway patrolman in Colorado who pulled me over. And I, I, he didn't technically make me late for the show. Jay Stu, are you okay with me telling the story? Because this is the, the real deal story. Yeah, I, I, I'm interested to hear the details myself. So yeah, I want to hear it. Okay, so I, I'm pretty good about I usually take a red eye your travel day of the game, but there's an early flight, and I got in three hours, three almost three and a half hours before we were supposed to be here. And when you're flying, I'm in Colorado Springs, the Air Force Academy. They're so nice. I'm right now. I'm above their hockey uh, arena, which is in the same building as Clune Arena, where they play the basketball game tonight on Fox Sports One. So when you fly in, you can fly into Colorado Springs, but the nonstops, the times don't work, and um, Colorado Springs Airport is on the other side of Colorado Springs. So it's almost 40 minutes from here to the airport. Whereas from here to Denver's airport, it's a little bit more than 50 minutes. So you're better off flying into the hub, flying into Denver's airport. So I fly into Denver's airport. I choose to fly a day of. And I landed um, three hours. So that would be noon Eastern time, 9 o'clock West Coast time, 10 local. So it took forever. I, I usually, I'll just tell you, usually I'm with National, but they have no cars. But when you have elite status, you don't need a reservation. You just go and get in a car and drive out. Well, I go and get in a car and drive out. They're like, yes, yeah, sir, that's usually the case, but you're going to have to go back and park that car. We don't have any cars, any cars. Like, that's funny. I'm in a car. Anyway, I had to walk three quarters of a mile to a different rental car company, which Let's just say um, blank and sense is there. 
So I had a quick reservation made. I go down there and the line literally is out the door. So I go next door to a different rental car company after trying to get an earlier spot in line. I should just go. Got a car rental. Boom, I'm out of it. So now it's about, I got about a 15-minute window of getting here, getting set up. It probably would have been less. But I'm, I'm jamming pretty good here. I'm in a 75. And... Uh, people, I, we're raising a generation of people that don't understand the fast lane. And so a little bit of it was, uh, there was a yellow Mustang that was in my way and was going like 55 in a 75 and just cruised along. And like, I was kind of boxed in. Finally, it pulls to the side. So I punch it to, you know, like, I don't know, keep it nine, nine above the speed limit. Right. And I hit, I go over a hill and I come down and. Yeah, I was going 94 to 75. So the gentleman pulls me over. I pull right over. And he said, man, do you didn't even see me? I go, yeah, I didn't. I'm sorry. The rental car thing, and I'm just running late. I got a radio show to do. He's like, well, I'll get you on your way quickly. I need your license and your registration. So when he says get you on your way quickly, he couldn't have been nicer. And I was polite, and I you know, made sure to keep my hands where you could see him, and here's my life. Right? When he said I'll get you on your way quickly, it did give me a little bit of hope. Right, Jay Stu, that's that's not that's reasonable to say. Well, maybe he's just going to check out, make sure you know that my driver's license is up to date, and then he'll go. Ha! Just slow it down. We'll see you down the road. Right? Sounds like it. Maybe even an escort. Since you're maybe, on the radio. Well, I have gotten a police escort here before. No such luck. No such luck. And no matter how much they think they're speeding up the process, the process is not fast. And then he said, and he was very, very nice. He's like, man, what station's your show on here locally? I was like, I, I don't know. Do you have Sirius? I, I don't know our Denver affiliate. You can listen on the app. I'm giving all the details. It's like, but you might not hear me at the start of the show because you pulled me over. <laughs> and he goes, yes, but you were speeding. I go, I'm not denying that I was speeding, but you also didn't have to give me a ticket. So I have a ticket to go along with my happiness. Yes, John Roberts. When you get a ticket in another state like that, since you live in California. Does it count against your points? Yeah, and do you have to, I mean, you don't have to show up there, but how does it work when you have to do it in another state? Like, not that you've done this before, before but is, do you know how that works? Like, do you, have, you don't have to show up in Colorado now to, to do anything with this, right? Just pay it and if you move wanna, on? If you want to challenge it, you do. You okay. Do. If you want to challenge it, you do. So, if you don't, he's like, look. It's four points, but if you send in the money before this time, it's two points. Like, two points my license? Like, damn. It's a killer. Uh, yeah, not, not good. Not good. So if anybody knows any uh, county mounties and they want to find a way to get those points off my license, I gladly, you know, I'll figure it out. Not his fault. I was speeding. But one of those, uh, one of those deals. One of those deals. Uh. It's Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio, getting ready for the Daytona 500. And a guy who has accomplished... Essentially everything in the sport, right? There's just one last hill to climb. And it's not that he hasn't won at the track. He just hasn't won the Super Bowl of NASCAR. It's Kyle Busch. He joins us in the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Kyle, how are you? I'm doing well, man. How's it going? Good. Um, before we get to Daytona, I want to talk about L.A. 
Uh, you were running so well. What was that like? What was the setup like from your perspective? I mean, I thought everything went fairly well. Um, you know, it was kind of an unknown and untrenched territory for our sport and what we've done in the past 40 years. I think the last time we ran at a track smaller than a half mile was like 1971 or something like that. So, uh, you know, with this new car coming out, the next gen, and, and having the opportunities of the differences that it has as, you know, with what it's built, um, it lended itself to a great race. I thought everybody did a really good job, NASCAR especially, and, and the city of L.A., uh, putting that on for us and having the opportunity to go out there right in the middle of smack downtown L.A. to, yeah. to have an NASCAR race. I thought it was fun. All right. What happened to your tires? I smoked them. Uh, just ran them too hard, I guess, you know. So uh, I think we're going to kind of see that as the nature of the game with this with this new car and, and what we learn with it as the season goes on with, um, you know, the, the cars have less downforce on them, so they're going to be more reliant on the mechanical grip of the car, which, you know, obviously where the rubber meets the road is the tire. And, uh, you know, we're all going to have to figure out what what all that is now and how to take care of them things. Yeah, I mean, that that probably kept you away from from winning the thing. Okay, so um, we we take those same kind of questions. Now, how much, I mean, it's such a completely different setup at Daytona. So how do you you evaluate the tires for this track with a new car? Yeah, like you said, it's entirely different. I mean, a quarter mile to a two and a half mile. I mean, we just we just went from the smallest to the second biggest. So, um, you know, way different aspect, obviously, with the Daytona track and being in the draft and running 200 miles an hour and all that sort of stuff. So different game plan. Um, you know, the tires are, are entirely different as well, too, with their compound and construction and how they're made uh, for going 200 miles an hour versus going, you know, 100 miles an hour at the short track. You know, you've been asked this question a bunch this week, so I don't feel bad asking it. I mean, look, you finished second to Denny a couple years ago, um, but and you've won at this track, right? There's been there, there's been other races that you won, but in terms of winning Daytona five the Daytona five hundred, mentally, like how do you how do you process that? Right? You've you've done so many things in this sport, had so much success, and yet here's this last kind of hill to climb. But I'm, I, I just wonder about the mentality of how that, if you allow that to creep in to your prep and even when you're racing this weekend. Yeah, I mean, obviously you got to do what you got to do when it comes down to the end of the race. And, you know, I've had a couple opportunities to where maybe if I'd done one or two things differently, we would have won this race before. But that's not the case. So this is a new fresh time uh, this year, starting out with the next-gen car, but also um, the start of every year is our biggest race of the year, so it's a new chance to be able to go out there and get the job done. So, um, you know, this place here, about anybody can win, so really it kind of lends itself to that strategy on every driver where they all come in here thinking they can they can win or have a shot to win. And so it makes the competition a bit stiffer um, and everybody pushing way harder than at some other places we go to. So uh, a lot of luck involved, a um, little bit of skill involved, but uh, being in the right place at the right time is certainly where it matters most. Kyle Busch joining us here. Doug Gottlieb show Fox Sports Trader getting ready for the Daytona 500, which, of course, you can see on Fox. Feels like we're completely back to normal in terms of COVID. Obviously, you're coming out of L.A. That's one of the more restrictive areas. But now going back to Florida. But from your it's been a weird kind of two years um, as you know, you guys kept it going when everything else was shut down. You guys are really the first ones back. Now you're back. Fans are back. Does it feel like we're back to where we were a couple years ago? 
Yeah, a little bit. Um, you know, this place is going to be sold out here at the Daytona 500. There's uh, there's standing room only, apparently, I guess. So uh, a lot of people are going to be around. But like you said, you know, California was a little bit of a, a limited area, uh, but Florida's wide open. So it's going to be fun to see, um, you know, full grandstands and everybody here and, you know, enjoying the, the start of our NASCAR season. And, of course, looking forward to hopefully being able to carry that momentum through the year. Uh, we got our West Coast swing, you know, week two, three, four. And then, um, you know, the, the real season uh, gets down and, and into the grind. Yeah, it should be, should be awesome. Okay, so you wear these nasal strips while you're racing. Like, does it – I've always wondered, does it legit help? And, you know, you're, you're, in a, you're in NASCAR. It's 140 degrees up in there sometimes. Okay, so does this really <laughs> help when you put these nasal strips on? Yeah, so the Breathe Right nasal strips, um, you know, really do help me. They help me take in air more easily and breathe better, uh, especially under my helmet. You know, obviously when you're in the confines of a tight helmet, your visor down, you've got the air tube that hooks to the top and it's it's throwing some air in there. But, you know, there's not much that you're getting through your mouth, so it's best to breathe through your nose, and it definitely helps me be able to do that. So, um, you know, they're not just for snoring or nasal congestion. You know, they help you breathe better about anywhere, especially at 200 miles an hour like we're going to be going this weekend here in Daytona. So, um, you know, it's been fun to have the partnership with them. I've used them um, a lot over the years. And, um, you know, being the number one pharmacist recommended nasal strip and, and getting their name out there a little bit more, I, I use them racing. I use them working out. I use them when I sleep. So um, it's a good thing I'm not buying them anymore. They can send me a package. <laughs> it's part, it's part, part of the deal. Okay, so just, just one for the entire race, or do you switch it out at some point in time? Because you, you have your gloves on and everything. H- how many nasals, uh, Breathe Right nasal strips do you rock when you're racing the Daytona 500? Yeah, I don't, I'll, I'll put one on right before the race, right before we get in the car and put the helmet on. So I just use one throughout the entire event. So, um, you know, in the hot, sweaty months of the year, sometimes, um, you know, I've got to do some – some scientific measures with some uh, some alcohol wipes and stuff like that to get them to stick and stay stuck for the whole race. But other than that, man, it's uh, it's one and done. We get it on. I know you got to run. Just the question for all your fans out there who know you have a you got a good obviously got a good setup. And like I said, you want to win this race. Who doesn't want to? And anyone can the super speedway. But if there's one thing you're kind of trying to focus on, um, you know, in terms of process in this race for your car, what is it? Um, I mean, the biggest thing is just trying to stay out of trouble. Um, you know, with this new car, I think a lot of guys are going to have some mixed emotions on it and some not-so-clear feelings about what you're supposed to feel in this thing. So hopefully we can keep our nose clean, stay out of trouble, um, not get ourselves tore up. But as you come down to the last race, man, I, I've, I've seen it I don't know how many times. You could be leading the race and get crashed while leading. Um, you can be the guy in fourth place and, and miss the wreck and win the race, you know. So I don't think there is a safe spot to be. It's just going to be a matter of how it all comes down. Um, exit of turn four, coming back to the checker flag. Well, as, as long as you end up with checker flag, it doesn't really matter. We, we wish you the best of luck. Can't wait to see you ultimately win this thing. And thank you so much for your time. Absolutely. Yeah, appreciate you. Pleasure's all mine. Kyle Bush joining us. Check out the latest lines from World of Sports at Bet River Sportsbook. Bet Rivers is the trusted name in online sports betting. You must be 21. President Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, or Pennsylvania to play. Gambling problem call 1 800 Gambler. Is Deshaun Watson eyeing the Raiders as a possible destination? We'll tell you next. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific. Doug Gottlieb Show. Fox Sports Radio. Mm-mm. 
do 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 Game time is brought to you by Hustler Turf, a brand lawn care professionals have trusted for years when it comes to premium zero-turn lawnmowers to run their business. And for us weekend Joes, Hustler Turf is a full lineup of residential mowers. Visit HustlerTurf.com to find a dealer near you. That's HustlerTurf.com. Let's get to a game. This is game time. It's game time. On the Doug Gottlieb Show. Dan Buyer, what do you got? Doug, the game today is... Real news, fake news. All right, real news or fake news that Deshaun Watson is eyeing the Raiders and Steelers as possible destinations as he tries to get out of Houston. Uh, Real news. You are fake news. The teams mentioned in an ESPN report by Jeremy Fowler were that Watson right now has his eye on the Vikings and the Buccaneers as possible landing spots. Well, Buccaneers, I mean, that's a that's a that's a definite maybe. Uh, don't see it with the Vikings. How are they going to get out of Kirk Cousins' deal? They owe him so much money. So he's only got one year left on his deal. So I understand, but you can't pay both of them, and you can't move it. You if you move him the way the contract is structured, you still are going to foot the bill for dead cap money. I'm talking about Kirk Cousins. I'm not saying that Minnesota wouldn't do that in a heartbeat. I'm just saying, how are you going to do it? Right? Sure. I mean, he'd have to have a... Ma- I, don't, I don't even know if there's a massive contract uh, construction. And, oh yeah, by the way, Minnesota have to give up a bunch of draft picks in order to get him. And that team is anything but a well-oiled machine. You got a new GM. Is, is that what he believes in? That, that would be interesting. Real news or fake news, Doug? Arch Manning is down to two schools as he decides where he wants to play his college football. I thought it was three. I'm going to go fake news. You are fake news. It is fake news. There was a report that uh, he was down to two schools, but his dad, Cooper Manning, has said that is not the case, making the comments to 24-7 Sports. Now, the schools likely still in play for Arch, who's in the class of 2023, are Alabama, Georgia, Ole Miss, Texas, and you can add Florida and LSU to that list, according to reports. Yeah, he's... uh... And and the the prom- I don't understand the promises of like NIL money. N- not that everybody doesn't need more money and want more money, but does a Manning kid really pick his school based upon NIL? I don't know. I mean, St. Louis built uh, their landmark for him. Maybe you should go there. <laughs> Arch, funny. get it? Come on, anyone? Anyone? Sounds like Arch doesn't want that Big Ten heat either. Jeez. Doesn't want the Big Ten smoke. (laughs) Does not want it. Real news or fake news, Zion Williamson may need another surgery on his injured foot. I'm going to go fake news. They're real and they're spectacular. That was a report from the New Orleans Times-Picune who says, yeah, possibly another procedure uh, for Zion as he has yet to play this season, dealing with a variety of setbacks, and those setbacks may force another operation. Hmm. That's not good. Um, it is it is more normally think Kevin Durant needed another surgery when he broke his fifth metatarsal. Remember on his foot, and if you've seen photos of him recently, it does look like Zion Williamson is in good shape. But every time he's in good shape, he breaks something. Something breaks in his foot or his ankle, so that that's a a problem. Real news or fake news? The United States is now second in total medals at the Winter Olympics. Uh, real news. You are fake news. Fourth right now. Fourth. Uh, Norway number one. The Russian Olympic Committee 
are uh, number two with 24, and then I believe uh, Germany three and the United States four. I say I believe Germany because I wrote down the top two and I just forgot the third place team, but I'm pretty sure it's Germany at three. Canada sitting there right now in fifth at uh, 18 medals. Our real news are fake news, Doug. The par 4 11th hole at Augusta National will play 10 yards longer than the par 5 13th hole for the 2022 Masters. Is that real news or fake news? Real news. They're real oh. and they're spectacular. Yes, it's, uh, it's, it, it has been done before. Not that common, though, that a par 4 would be longer than a par 5, but that's what you get at Augusta. Obviously, the par 5 13th, one of the classic holes, Azalea. They extended number 11 back about 20 yards, now making it 10 yards longer than the 13th hole. Those two holes making a part of Amen Corner. And finally, Doug, real news or fake news, John Ramos, a little sluggish today after Suzanne's birthday celebration. Is that real news? That or sounds fake like real. News? That sounds They're like real. That sounds like real. I did not know the answer to that one. I left it to the uh, to the man himself to weigh in on the uh, the post Suzanne celebration. Well, Doug, Suzanne gets double duty because she's got Valentine's Day, and then I have to come back for her birthday the very next day. So it's and she always tells me, John, they're two separate days. So it's double a, duty. Yeah. I thought he was going somewhere else with that. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know where, but I just thought he was going somewhere else. That's yeah. game time. That's game, huh? Game time. This is game time on the Doug Gottlieb Show. Double double duty. John, that's that's John's new nickname is double duty. <laughs> Call him double duty double duty. Um looks like the looks like the victory parade picked up, right? And it's pretty good. Right around the col- right around where they're actually having the uh, all the speeches, but yeah, it's hit or miss otherwise. So, I I think it's funny. Like all these other cities are freaking out. Like, yeah, you st- you still didn't win a championship. I don't understand. They don't give championships just because you want it more. <laughs> uh, sorry, I mean it's not my team. I'm not super into it, but I. I'm also, I just, I don't really understand the victory parade guy. I mean, I, I, but you knew they had a good, if if you pick location near the, where the homeless are, you'd have good, better attendance than this. I guess that's my thing. Uh, Coming up next, Sean McVay says they want to run it back. Is that even possible or likely? Let's discuss next on the Doug Gottlieb show here on Fox Sports Radio. 